Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! There he is, Sean Engel, everybody. I'm Cam Stewart, along with the Colonel, Captain, whatever you want to call him, Mr. Sir George Kurtz. This is the Weekend Fantasy Update. Attention. George, how you doing, buddy? It's been a while. It has been a while because some, some of us got to go to Vegas and some of us don't. Yeah. It's just it's not fair. It's just not yeah. fair. Well, he did, he did call me every day I was down there, too. You know, like I'm like, I'm at a heater at the blackjack table. <laughs> Rensi, line two. Thanks. Line two and get to a quiet spot and get it now. Let's go. We got a show to do. That one casino was great, though. It was actually hilarious. It was actually in a place called Henderson, Nevada, when you watch CSI, where they uh, bury the bodies. But I was out actually at a listener party, George, for the Golden Knights, my buddy Brian Blessing, who I, I'll try to get him on as a guest as our show. He's a big hockey guy there. He does uh, some work for the Vegas uh, Golden Knights franchise. He used to be the in-sto- in-sto- studio host for the Buffalo Sabres back in the day. And uh, when I was younger, I used to watch him on TV. He's uh, Vegas's guy now. And it was crazy. I was there, and then he called, and I'm like, oh, I remember this like 10 years ago. Me and Gabe and uh, some cappers, we did a show in the studio, and it was open. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's like a radio studio inside the casino there. So I just uh, hid in there for a while, and it worked out perfectly. Wish I knew about that every day. (laughs) (laughs) Don't we all? Don't we all? Glad you had a good time in Vegas. That's uh, good for you. Uh, I went there last year. Unfortunately, I cannot go this year. But uh, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Actually, Henderson, Nevada is where uh, my neighbor just moved to. Uh, Funny little coincidence there. That is, yeah, yeah, that's more, you know how it works. Like in Vegas, a lot of the people that actually work in Nevada, they're either going to live in Summerlin, like they have a big uh, golf course there. Those are the suburbs, right? So, you know, nobody really wants to live by the Strip or anywhere in that area. So, yeah, no, Henderson's really nice. It's beautiful, too. It's like, and it, and, and the local casinos, I find, for everybody going out to Vegas, like if you have time in a car, I would suggest, like, getting off the Strip and even getting off downtown and going out to Henderson or those type of places because those family casinos, you could really rack up points. Points. They're very, very loose with their drink tickets, too, because that's where the locals go. The locals want to know part of the strip. They don't want to be down there and see all the drunks falling over and stuff like that. They tend to do their gambling futures and kind of hang out. The restaurants are nice. The buffets are like six ninety nine. It's a lot of value off the strip there, George. That's just like any place else, right? When you get away from the uh, tourist traps, also a uh, little, little more bargain friendly, a little more cheap friendly. So uh, Vegas, uh, I do like Vegas. You know, especially on a day like today, we're living here in New York. It's uh, actually not so cold, cold. But very rainy, very rainy. We're just gonna play. Me havoc. too. 
That's yeah. It's very gloomy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's awful. I, I'm not going to say cold, but still not great temperatures. Like for the baseball games today, I know. And windy yesterday. Yesterday, yeah, it's like windy. It's cold. It's brutal. So obviously, you know, um, if you're in a dome stadium or, or any of these cold places, it's going to be uh, locked up. Uh, we'll see what these game. What is going to happen with these games today? I know we had two late cancellations uh, yesterday with uh, the Pittsburgh game and the the Cleveland game, but uh, I'll tell you, it's very very gloomy, dark, wet, and I wouldn't want to be playing baseball ball today but they probably will well you know people forget it always depends on who's playing who you know like the Atlanta Braves I think were playing Cleveland well that's an interleague game they're not going to face each other again so they're going to want to try and get those games in or play a doublehead of the next day uh the Yankees today Yankees play Kansas City Kansas City doesn't come to New York I don't think they come to New York again but the Yankees won't want to play a doubleheader tomorrow because they're heading out to the west coast they uh, face the Angels on Monday night so they're not going to want to play you know a one o'clock and a four o'clock start tomorrow and be there till nine o'clock and not get out to the west coast till that late so they're going to try and squeeze in today's game for the Yankees last I heard is that it's listen it's raining right now now I'm, a, I'm an hour hour and a half from the Bronx but uh, they believe that the rain will clear out by game time that they might be at the Delay, but that they should be able to squeeze the game in before the rain picks up again. Squeeze the game in. Yeah, you got to squeeze it out, baby. And the, the Yankees, it looked kind of uh, dismal for them uh, the other night, George. Uh, I was out I, actually with my buddy Vince, and we went out to watch uh, the Boston. It was it was actually the Toronto night uh, last night. All the all the teams, all the local teams around here were playing in the playoffs. It was weird. Same, same with Boston, but the Leafs were playing the Bruins, and the Raptors were playing the Magic. So we hit a spot where they had both games on, and uh, yeah, I'm checking the scores. I'm like, Kansas City's beating the Yankees again? What the hell's going on? And then the Yankees exploded to get it done, but uh, I'll tell you something, George, and we'll give the listeners, uh, you know, we'll go we'll go through the numbers with certain teams, but if you're betting on the Red Sox, like, you're broke already right now. This team, even though they won last night, they've been burning money. A lot of the big popular favorites right now are crush, are, are absolutely burning people's uh, wallets right now and money. It's, it's cr- kind of crazy, and in hockey, we're not even going to go there. This is when we'll get into this as insane as it ever gets, buddy, but it's it seems to be an underdog week and month so far. It is, right? It definitely seems to be that way. I mean, look at the Yankees. The Red Sox, I don't know why they can't get untracked. I, I, I don't get it. They're fairly healthy. We thought their pitching staff would be a – their bullpen would be a disaster. It ends up being the starting staff, and the offense isn't hitting. The Yankees, we know why they're struggling. They have 12 guys on the uh, injured list. All right, any team's going to struggle with that. There's a chance they could get Sanchez back tomorrow. Monday, I would think, at the latest. Stanton apparently on the road trip as well, so sometime next week. So they'll get back two bats, right? So they'll get a little healthier there, which will certainly help uh, extend that lineup a little bit. Because right now, that bottom four, bottom five of the lineup, are guys like Urshela, Higgishioka, Gardner, uh, Tyler Wade's in there. I mean, there are a lot of Taupman, Mike Ford. I mean, there's a lot of ugliness at the bottom of that lineup. Sounds like an NFL roster, not the Yankees uh, lineup there, but uh, yeah, Ford and all these other guys. I'll tell you, though, got to give Gardner credit for that uh, blast against uh, Boston that night. You lose that game, too, and it would have been even more dismal, but that was a huge comeback, and that was a pretty clutch hit. That was a big home run. Well, that was Grand Slam for his 100th career homer. Uh, very good clutch hit by Gardner. Uh, good for him. I mean, uh, a lot of the Yankee beat writers now are sort of beating the drum that LeMahieu should be leading off against everybody. I agree. You know, Gardner's just not that player anymore. I mean, let's face it. The Yankees didn't come into the season expecting him to play every day. The, uh, the, off, the outfield was supposed to be Stanton, Hicks, Judge. You know, the only reason why Gardner's playing is because of all the injuries here. So uh, Boone has to realize he's not a leadoff hitter. Maybe he gets certain right-handers, sure, but he gets most right-handers. No, he's not. You've got to get people on there who can get on base, and LeMayhew's getting on base at a very impressive clip. Yeah, just going around baseball and, like, just from betting every day and looking at the games and – 
I, another team, George, that like I think we're we're gonna fade uh, the Angels. I I know the big deal with Mike Trout, and I, you you say a lot of really really smart things on the show, and it was kind of surprising to you. You're like, wow, you know, uh, the Angels did their thing. They signed Mike Trout, but don't really have anybody around him. I've been consistently watching a lot of like late baseball with my playoff hockey and basketball. And I seem to be flicking on to the angels Mariner series. Cause our cable system, uh, a lot of people out West, when you got the super sports pack and whatever, we get Mariner games. And uh, I'll tell you, man, that angels lineup, it, it's abysmal. Like I watch them night after night, three up, three down, three up, three down, three up, three down, three hits in a game. Like they're pathetic. Like they're, they're a bad baseball team and they're always favored. It's just one of those teams like perception versus reality. Like I think they're going to be a fade team this year i was going to get your take on that because we want to attack certain teams and they've been awful like they i know seattle started off well they kind of cooled down but as for the angels they're a team i'm going to be betting against lots george they're not that good i don't have much to add there i agree with you they're they're a bad team bad outside of mike trout bad bad team i mean last night they had a guy justin bauer hit a pop-up to the infield to run on first decides not to run the first (laughs) <laughs> Guys let it drop. Seattle let the ball drop and get a double play. I mean, Bauer's still standing there like, what happened here? There's no infield fly rule unless there's two runners on base, okay, because there's no threat there. Got to run. Got to run. I mean, uh, so it's a team that's kind of lost there. They've been lost for a couple of years. The pitching staff is ugly. You know, I mean, they don't have anything. Maybe an Otani comes back and add some juice to the lineup. But you got Trout and nobody else. That's the bottom line. You have Trout and nobody else. That's why I was surprised. I mean, a, I, th- I thought Trout signed light. I mean, four hundred thirty million. Obviously, he's never going to spend all that money, but still, I thought he signed light. If he would have waited till free agency, could have gotten over half uh, half a billion dollars. You know, maybe he really likes uh, in, in in L.A. and that's fine. You like uh, living in L.A. I I'm sure I would like living in L.A. But uh, as far as that's concerned, I mean, if I were Trout, I would have wanted assurances that they're going to build a team around him. And maybe they will. He signed late in camp, so there's nothing you can do for this year. Maybe they will build around him in future years. But I might go the other direction as well. Well, they're just paying you a half a billion, billion dollars. Can they afford to build around you? Can they afford to do that? You know, who knows what the Angels right now, in my mind, they're, they're an afterthought. They're not a very good team. Yeah, I just it's it's weird in baseball too. You know, there's there's certain teams that they continually, no matter how bad they play, like I'm just looking at the lines and wow, Angels minus one thirty, minus one forty. Like in games, like they're playing poorly, they're still favored. So it's just one of those things because of the, of the trout factor. I think you get a, a little bit extra line uh, more more. T- they tend to go to more of the favorite. The Vegas casinos kind of uh, they haven't really figured it out yet with those guys. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on that and teams that we can fade. What's uh, the situation, George? You're right there. In New York. Uh, I know DeGrom, uh, basically the MRI, this is, it's a precautionary thing right now, but you're very concerned uh, after the uh, Mets sign him and then already uh, some discomfort and not very good news when you pay all that money for a stud pitcher like that. And already you're kind of, eh, I get really worried. I don't care if it's precautionary with an arm like that. Well, come on. This would be, this would be the Mets, right? This would be so mess. <laughs> I mean, uh, you gave in, you signed him when you really had all the yep. leverage because he's not a free agent the next year. So you gave in, you signed him to the big contract, and then he's hurt, I mean, a month later. I mean, that this would be so mess for it to happen here. Uh, for those who don't know, he, uh, DeGrom was out with strep throat. Right, and uh, by the way, the Mets are the only per- uh, only team that can have a player have sh- go from strep throat to elbow problems. How does that happen? <laughs> All right, I, I did not, I didn't know that could uh, that was contagious to there. Uh, I got so That's I got to be very careful next time I get strep. Yeah, sure. I, I, yeah, I got strep elbow. throat. Now I have now I have erectile dysfunction. Great. <laughs> <laughs> what what drugs are you taking? Yeah, well, uh, I don't know. What's Degrom taking there, George? <laughs> so anyway, uh, so he had strep throat. That's why he was missing a start. And apparently, he was playing catch, just catch. We're not talking, you know, a simulated game, just catch, and his elbow is barking. 
Yeah, soft toss. And his elbow's barking. That's the word they use, not us. Barking. That don't sound good. And that doesn't sound good at all, Cam. No, it doesn't. That doesn't sound good at all. I live in New York, man. Met fans are freaking out now. Of course they are. They're freaking out. Thinking about the worst case scenario. DeGrom has had Tommy John surgery in the past. And a lot of times players do need a second second one eventually because that, that ligament doesn't last forever in there. So I don't know any, any information. It could just be uh, maybe the Mets telling the truth that it is an abundance of caution. But barking elbow, combine that with his prior two starts. He wasn't DeGrom. He was good, but not great. Far from great, actually. So, uh, yeah, I have a level of concern. I have a huge level of concern. I can tell you right now in fantasy leagues, uh, I only have DeGrom in one league, but if someone was offering me DeGrom, uh, at let's say 90 cents of a dollar, I'm not buying. If it was below 75 cents, I'll buy that. I'll take yeah. my chance on a TJ. But 90 cents, it was a value, but not a good enough value. Not buying right now. I am certainly worried there. Listen, I, I don't hate the Mets. I don't hate the ground. I hope things work out for him. I like to see the best players play. But to tell you, I'm not worried. I'd be lying. I mean, Barking Elbow didn't pitch up the capabilities no. his last two starts. I think something's up. I think your best case scenario might be he just needs some rest for a month. Yeah, I think that's best case. Obviously, worst case is we see him next year. Yeah, I, I, it, it's yeah. Bark, barking elbow to me doesn't sound like a minor problem. It sounds like something that you're going to need a lot of rest with. Yeah, and, he, and he's getting hurt soft tossing. This is not a good scenario for the Mets. And you said it. It's kind of like that used to be uh, the the saying here. Like the way uh, you guys talk about that. So Mets used to be like so Leafs. Like you know what I mean when they were like the team because they'd always do something like that. Like hey, let's pick up a player. Uh, you're 12 into a season. Yeah, he's hurt or you know what I mean. At the tail end, they'll pay big money for a guy and be a healthy scratch. Uh, kind of like Calgary with uh, James Neal last night. Can you believe what we're seeing, George? And we'll go over this like throughout the show, but this is absolutely insane. They talked about a $100 bet, first of all. This is just this is just with these games, okay? If you bet the New York Islanders sweep and the uh, what and the Columbus Blue Jackets sweep on $100, $92,000, and now for the first time since the expansion era, both one seeds are toast. Uh, I had Colorado last night. I just liked the way I, I think Nathan McKinnon personally is the best player in the league. I had a debate with my buddy last night. He says uh, McDavid. I think McKinnon, but you know, it's they're both amazing. But unbelievable stuff. But we're seeing flames are gone, lightning are gone, hockey's unbelievable. George, this is the craziest playoff I could ever remember. I, I agree. I mean, Calgary, number one seed out West, gone. Tampa Bay, see number ya. one, tied for the most wins ever in the NHL, gone. I'll see you next season. At Pittsburgh, Crosby, Malkin, get <laughs> out of here. You're out of here. Listen, I'm not surprised. I, I love it. I love it. I, I mean, you and I, you and I talked about the series many times. I'm not surprised that Calgary lost. I'm surprised how they lost. I assumed that yes. they were to lose, it would be because of Mike Smith. He didn't have a goaltender. He played very well uh, last yes, night. Yes, he did. Last night, not well standing, but he played pretty well in the series. He wasn't the reason they lost. The reason they lost is you mentioned it. McKinnon right now is playing like the MVP of the playoffs, uh, the best player in the playoffs by far. I don't even think it's close to how well he's playing right now, and he played much better than Johnny Gaudreau. I mean, that line of McKinnon, Rantanen, and uh, Landis Cog outplayed yeah. Gaudreau, oh. Monaghan, and Ben oh. and badly. And by a mile, by, by a mile, I, and, and Johnny Goudreau. It's one thing, George. Like, and I don't want to take anything away from this guy, 
but that is when you, when you were in your head, uh, you're a player that good and a sniper to go on to uh, the penalty shot that they had and it literally looked like uh, the, uh, he had the speed of a five year old there. They're saying he's tired. Well, I don't I don't totally buy that. It doesn't matter. You could have had more foot speed than that. And then on and then on a breakaway, missing the net. That's that's unheard of for a sniper of his caliber. It was there was obviously something going on. I think he was in his own head and that Flames team they kind of rattled themselves. And that's the thing about being a favorite in hockey. It's a bad spot because once you get in your other in your head how fast the game is the other team can really clamp down and take advantage it just look Calgary was overwhelmed with Colorado's speed and physicality you know I think what bothered me the most though is uh something I like to point out and I point out with the Bruins all the time when you're a one-line team the opposing uh defense should be able to shut that line down you should be able to have a game plan for it right it just yeah. should happen there and it didn't happen for Calgary for whatever reason and they have a decent defense I'm not talking the Nashville Predators defense but it's a decent defense, and for them to let that raw, that line run rampant, I mean, just run crazy. I mean, can anybody even name another Colorado forward outside of Rantanen, Landeskog, and McKinnon? You know, it's difficult. Yeah, I, I can Comfort? I, I get it. Comfort? Yeah, Comfort, Comfort, like Comfort Soderberg. They, I mean, they have some guys, but they don't have – those are guys. Those are jacks. Yeah, That's all they are is just, just, just a guy. They don't have anybody like that. And for you to lose a series because of that, in my mind, a lot of that comes down to grit, heart, and coaching. Damn right. No, he totally got out coached. Good point there, George. We'll break down the board, the betting board today. Craziness in hockey, more baseball stories. The umps can't, uh, they continue to piss off players. It's getting out of control. Laz Laz Diaz should have been punched out last night. We'll talk about this, go through the betting, and a whole lot more. Weekend fantasy update. Stuart and Kurtz coming back after a short break. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Nice one, Sean. I like a little Steely Dan riff in the morning. Welcome back, everybody. Weekend Fantasy Update. Cam Stewart, George Kurtz. We're holding down the fort today. Lots and lots and lots of sports action on the board. Fantasy picks, gambling, and uh, if you've been betting underdogs in the NHL, you could talk to your contractor about an extension to the house, a pool, a sauna, whatever you really need because uh, it's been quite amazing. And another one bites the dust last night with Calgary. George, I feel pretty good about it, uh, I think, so far. I had Columbus in the series. I ended up taking your Islanders and uh, and uh, Colorado I didn't have in the series. But basically, like every single uh, underdog right now, it's uh, working out. I just hope this uh, trend continues because it's it's a lot of fun. I, I like me. I like meeting the man and having a, a, a bulge in, in the envelope uh, coming my way instead of going the other way. <laughs> yeah, I think we all prefer that. I think it's all a good thing for all of us. And I imagine uh, Vegas getting crushed right now with all the underdogs coming oh, yeah. through. Uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's been a weird NHL playoffs uh, series. So season it really has i don't know if it's going to get any calmer either i keep going back to i don't know who it was on, on my twitter feed but before the nhl playoffs started they actually uh tweeted out 
that someone crazy is going to win the cup this year. And by crazy, they meant not the favorites. You know, that like was going to be Islanders, like, like Islanders, Columbus, Hurricanes. Colorado, I, right? Dallas. Colorado. Someone like that was going to win the cup. And uh, boy, that's being very uh, extremely prophetic right now. I mean, St. Louis looks like they might upend Winnipeg. Right? We don't know what's going to happen in Nashville, Dallas. You know, I think Gabe put it perfectly for that series. Nashville, he he said he once again before we see uh, playoffs started, he said he could see Nashville either uh, going to the cup or getting eliminated first round, and that was they were that you know mixed up of a team here. And uh, right now, the way things are going, I guess I'd bet on uh, them going out in the first round. Every other favorite has. Yep, exactly, and uh, yeah, we don't we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we didn't even talk about uh, what the Blues did in that game to Winnipeg. It cost. It was actually when the listeners were calling in on, on Red Heat and Rage. It was like the parlay killer for everybody. We had our buddy on uh, yesterday, Richard Gardner, friend of the program. Uh, he had a, a six game parlay. He needed Winnipeg at the end. I had a four game parlay. Winnipeg at the end. Gabe had Winnipeg. It was just one of those things to see a team like St. Louis who's very offensively challenged, by the way, too, to go in there and score three goals in that type of environment in the third period. That's unheard of. You talk about you talk about coaching with the Flames. Well, that has something to do, too. Uh, and I like Paul Maurice a lot. I used to cover the Leafs back when I was younger, and he w- was the coach for them at the time before he shuffled around Carolina, Winnipeg. Uh, good guy, but uh, it just seemed uh, like the Blues and Craig Berube were very patient. And they're a scary team. They don't do anything flashy, but they do a lot of things right. They're gritty, and uh, this Biddington kid is uh, wise beyond his years, George. It's unbelievable. He is. I mean, have you seen him in interviews? He's very calm. Oh, very yeah. calm. Oh, well, too calm. Know what I, I mean, saw, George, that I've never seen before, and we've watched hockey since we were, like, toddlers? When they won that game in Winnipeg, when they won that game, instead, you know, all the players, you give your old, you know, the pat, tap, tap on the head, we love you, you know, we're a team, whatever. Biddington talked to the one defenseman came up to him. They got a little quick hug. He dol- he bolted off the ice. Didn't stick around for a celebration. Just, we won, more business to take care of. Boom. Zipped right into the dressing room, right down there, like hustle, like I'm done. I, I, I've never seen like everybody goes out there, stay out there, you know, the celebrations. This guy, he's kind of different than most. He seems like ultra focused and Gabe talked about it on our show too. It's like some goalies, you you know, they're very different creatures of habit. They're usually the craziest guy in the room or calm, but Biddington is, uh, goes into the column of ultra focused. Um, even when pucks in the other end, he's in position, he's doing everything right. Some goalies will lean back, you know, lift up the mask, have a spray of water. The, this guy's just intense 24 7 365 and it works for him it's 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 beautiful to see he's kind of like the anti-athlete from nowadays he's opposite he's very old school he is he is he, uh, you mentioned he's focused he's uh, he only cares about winning that game he's not worried about anything else which is fine all fine and good you wonder if that eventually catches up to him you know, might want to enjoy life a little bit buddy yeah, fantastic. yeah maybe he does maybe he does in the room i'm just i i just think it's nice it's very uh see a young guy like that i think it's pretty cool that's just, it's just very different you know i'll tell you one thing uh, i'm looking forward to seeing how winnipeg i guess how they start this uh, game six i don't know if there's any worse way you can lose a game by the way they scored a couple of quick goals and then all of a sudden schwartz bats that one out of air with 15 seconds left and, you, and it's over you lose three two you're done the worst I, the worst was george I, I, it was crazy and also i played a, i played a DraftKings uh, tournament 
It was a three. It was a three dollar game, and I'm checking it. I'm like, wow, okay. I got because uh, I had Carolina over Washington that night. I had two points in that game. You know, I think Justin Falk had, was amazing for a defense. Me, he had shots. He did everything. I'm like, I'm like, wow. Every one of my players is doing great. I checked. I'm in sixth place out of like four hundred. It was like four hundred and something people in the contest. I'm in sixth. I'm like, oh my god. Like, when we get a couple hundred bucks, I'm all excited. I have Timo Meyer of the Sharks. He he was huge in that game against uh, San Jose when I was on them, and because of Hellebuck and that goal. Everything from that point, I went from like six to like ninety something, and I just just fell outside the money. It was uh, very frustrating. That Winnipeg loss hurt me uh, double financially in DFS and in gambling, and I just didn't see it coming. Man, you're right. Like, how are these guys going to respond? I know they have veterans on the team. Shifley, Wheeler's a stud. They got a big buff. You know what I mean? Paul Maurice's been there, done that. But to lose like that, and their fan base is so rabid. That too. That's another thing. Like these guys, what else is there in Winnipeg? They have a Canadian Football League uh, team. That's it. Like. The Winnipeg Jets are everything. My tenant's from Winnipeg. He says, you can't walk in that city game day. Like, at least in New York, you got the Islanders. You got the Mets. You got the Jets. You got the Giants. You got the other Jets. You got everything. You know what I mean? There's lots of sports choices. Brooklyn Nets, Knicks, whatever you want to do. Like, there, that is the only thing they got, George. And when things go bad, they go real bad there. That's the problem. It's a nightmare. It is. It is because that means everybody's focused on you. You know, and when something like yeah, last night happens, uh, I should say two nights ago, uh, it, it gets mega focused. Everyone's looking at us, though, and they're bl- you know everyone's blaming everybody. You know uh, what happened here? It's the coach's fault. The defense's fault. You lost intensity. They didn't put him away. That sort of thing. You know, the worst lead in hockey is a two goal lead and all that crap. Uh, I said Winnipeg is. We you know you and I talked about this. They've been a strange team this year. I said it more than once. You know, Nashville didn't win that division. Winnipeg lost it. You know, they played terrible down the stretch for whatever reason. This is a team that's loaded, Cam. They're just loaded. I mean, I they, they should be breezing through it. You know, they sure shouldn't the have thing. any problems here, but they do. I just I, – and I, look, I looked at this series, and I thought St. Louis was just a, a horrible matchup for them. The two teams that would not want to play – Winnipeg would not want to play, in my opinion, would be St. Louis and Dallas. They're almost, you know, they're one of those teams, they play clamp down, they have good goaltending. Sometimes they don't score a lot, but they're the teams that can frustrate you. I think they want to get into kind of a track meet game like they did with Nashville. George, remember the series versus Nashville where they got to Pekka Rene last year and, you know, they're scoring lots of goals, they're flashy. Like Winnipeg wants to play a shinny game. St. Louis wants to basically, like, I don't want to say bore you to death, but they kind of play like the Islanders do. They're the, they're the other conference's version. They have a couple guys who can play, underrated players, guys who are going to frustrate you, and guys who do their job perfectly, back check, four check, whatever. They're like robots out there, and that's not good news for the Jets. It's a recipe for disaster, actually. Well, you're right. The Jets are so, the, the, like the Penguins, right? They want to play run and gun. Let's let's play some hockey. You know, open it up here. Let's play six, five games. You know, we'll rely that off, offense is better than yours and hell of a cup with a big save every now and then. And St. Louis wants to do the exact opposite. And like the Island of Pittsburgh series, the Blues have been able to get their way. They play their style. You know, to slow things down, you know, uh, you know, clog up that neutral zone, make sure Winnipeg can't get going. They're not flowing freely into the zone, all that stuff here. And it's been probably a lower scoring series uh, than maybe some people uh, surmised here. And right now, it's also Bennington. You know, we keep talking about this kid. This kid's been great since being called up. He's not getting rattled. He's not letting in bad goals. And he keeps St. Louis in every game, and he's even won a game or two by himself. Yeah, and, and another thing is the, the test came the day that Winnipeg went into St. Louis and he got shelled, and he responded perfectly. 
like a veteran, like a lot of young guys, what you would go, that's it. They, they get on this big run and then they, and then they die and then they get rattled and then they get inside their head. It's over. But this kid just bounced back. It's like, okay, no problem. I have one game. Wasn't even his fault with the goals. The team just played like junk and, and uh, he fought back. Yeah. So interesting games today there, there too, George, we're going to talk about it. Did, did you see that, that White Sox, is that White Sox game postponed? I'm just going through some stuff here on Twitter. A couple baseball games. We talked about rain and things that might be happening. Did you see that one uh, there, George? I think the right White Sox game is uh, postponed today. Uh, you got that? I did not have that. I was looking at I'm yesterday's games, check, actually. Yeah. I'm looking at, at it right now as well. I, I think there will be some yesterday. postponements today. Uh, well, there will definitely be some postponements today. The weather's awful here in the uh, Northeast. Uh, Major League Baseball, do we have any postponements yet? Yeah, I was looking. I thought. I hope that's not from yesterday, but on my on my uh, other site, it says they're playing, so I don't know exactly what's going on, but I thought they said that's I don't have any postponements as of right Interesting. now. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, we'll, we'll, stay, we'll stay on top of that story because uh, George said it, very cold in the Northeast right now, lots of rain, wind, gusty. Uh, yeah, it's not, not great days uh, for, for baseball there. George, you see uh, that Oakland game last night uh, with Laz Diaz. This is just becoming an ongoing nightmare to be honest with you and uh, the players are really it's actually now I think the players are getting together and say you know what umpires like we, we were kind of dealing with you before but now the way the umpires are like they're kind of doubling down on their situation it's like screw you guys I find them lipping off the players a lot more they almost feel like they're baiting players um, Laz Diaz did it in Oakland last night I, I think this is ridiculous and uh, these guys keep on acting like that uh, I, I a lot of players in the league they've had enough and we talked about it it's time for the robots and uh, I'm done with some some of these old umps need to go they're they're making it all about them and it's, and it's pretty pathetic actually Laz Diaz is on the list as well yeah, for those who all don't know what's going on here, last day as on the last pitch of the game last night, the uh, Raymond Loriano called a strike yeah. on a ball that was probably six inches high. Yeah, I mean, it was it was high. It was easy high. It was like, oh, what are you doing? What do you would you want to get out of there? Then he, he's go, he walks off, and Loriano didn't say anything at first, and also Diaz has the mouth off, to, and then said, and then. It was like, uh, you know, Loriano started uh, walking after him, but then uh, the manager and uh, other people coach got in front of him, and then Diaz comes at him. What are you doing? I know. I know. Your job, Who are right? these Just guys? go away. Just go away. <laughs> go, to your, go to the ump room, which looks like one of the Oakland uh, managers. I think the Oakland manager said, you see him wave on. Go to the ump room. Your job is over there. There's no reason to go back at the player. You screwed up the call. You didn't care. You keep doing this over and over again. The last day is, is a terrible umpire. And he's right there with Angel Hernandez, guys who are bad umpires, and yet nothing's ever done about these guys. Nothing's ever done. I mean, uh, this must be one hell of a – you forget the, uh, the MLBPA. The umpires union must be fantastic. Because nothing's ever done about these bad umpires. You know, I think the best thing that ever happened to baseball was, what, several, probably 20 years ago, when the umpires, uh, they all quit. And baseball said, that, okay, thank you. And they accepted the resignations. Yeah, then the umpires <laughs> had to fight to get certain, the yeah, exactly. fight to get certain jobs back. But, the, uh, but no. the Major League Baseball still kept the resignations of several umpires. They would let them come back. They need the same thing to happen again and get rid of several umpires. Yeah, I don't get to get rid of them all no. from scratch. You're a baseball savant, George, and I've I've seen this happen before. We we've seen it, but I've never seen to the level of just heated exchanges, umpires pumping out their chest. We're very early into the season, and we've had incidents almost every single day. It seems like players calling out umps for for be horrible horrible umpiring, lazy umpiring, starting fights with them instead of not the players saying anything. May a, a little word that should have been been able a butte like you as a referee, you could shrug off, and these guys are just they just they just love Love having power. Thank God these guys aren't in politics. It would be a nightmare. They're bad enough on the diamond. 
Cam, I, I refed uh, I ref thirteen games this week. All right, so it was, it was a long well, week. A lot of, it's a lot of hockey there, George. It's a lot. Yeah, I guess of they, hockey, they, they they I guess they were shorthanded. Like Whatever. Hockey, but yeah. I'm, the yep. point I'm trying to make is uh, after one of the games, you know, and you listen, you're gonna get chirped at every game. Every game, I had the. Uh, I had the guy come up to me. He goes, "Listen, I'm I'm, I'm sorry about chirping, you know, whatever yep. word he used." But you know, and I told him, "Listen, if I can't take that, I shouldn't be doing the job." What he he exactly. was chirping. He wasn't he wasn't doing. It. I never even responded to him. You know, you hear it. Of course you hear it. But unless it's something personal, you know, we put U F U F and suck. <laughs> All right, then I have to respond to that. But it was just saying, "Hey, you missed the goal. That's terrible." You know, let that go. If you can't take that, you're in the wrong business. All right, and that's the way I feel about umpires and referees and anybody else, by the way. If you can't take a little chirping, if you, you have rabbit ears, it gets under your skin, you're in the wrong business. All right, and last day, I see But, but all those guys are like that. They are. Like her angel, her all these guys. Like, I don't know why, not, like, they just, it, the problem with why it's getting out of control is they're picking fights with players now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, I don't know what the hell these guys are doing. It's a great point that you said. Like, I was out, we, we, there was a mailman at the, the game last night. He basically said, like, there's a buddy, you know, the guy never shows up for work. He's drunk or whatever, and he's still, like, working there. He goes, but beyond, like, actually, like, running somebody over with the mail truck, like, you can't lose your job because your union's so strong. And, and it's to your point about these guys. But I'll tell you, man, <laughs> players, they're, they're not going to deal with this this shit very much longer because these guys um i i, I don't know man i i really like baseball but it's it's unacceptable to me now george it's it's these guys are laughing stocks like you know what i mean like the umpires are, are a sideshow in my opinion and you said it kind of like football we need younger guys in there like we can't have these retreads it's the same guy joe west uh angel hernandez uh laz diaz and it's always like three or four or five guys the the old crew that always seem to have issues uh with almost not just players but managers everybody in the league when you know an umpire's name something's wrong. name <laughs> yeah that's right I, i'm sorry that's the way it is and know it when well you, and know it well right like everyone when knows. you can identify an umpire right away and you, you say oh god and something's wrong Something is just wrong when you know the umpire's name. You know, I mean, the umpire, you're not part of the game. You're not part of the show. You're just, you're just there to call the games and let's go on. I know, it's the, once again, it's the way I approach hockey. I don't want to say two words out there if I don't have to. I want, you know, it's a job to me. I'm not there to make friends. I'm not, you know, not, I'm just there to call the game and leave. That's what, that's what, what the umpire should be doing. You're there to call the game and leave. You're not there to start fights. You're not there to be, well, hey, look at me. That's what some of these umpires are. Look at me. You know, I, I want to be part of the game too. You know, and it shouldn't be that way. Uh, I, I, you know, I've been beating this drum forever. I hate the home plate yeah. umpire. Yeah, at least on the I base umpires, we can, we can correct their mistakes by instant replay. Why we don't get rid of the home plate? By the way, we wouldn't, we wouldn't even have to get rid of it. He would still have a job. It's the most hilarious thing. He just wouldn't be calling balls and strikes anymore. He either be told what it is, or there'll be a light system behind him. You know, green, green ball, red strike, whatever it is. You know, and you move this game along. You don't have these problems. You wouldn't have these freaking problems every night, as you keep mentioning. You know that that game was. I mean, that ball was six inches high, and DS ended the that ended the game. Ended the game because he boy he wanted to get out of there. He had a day a dinner date or whatever the hell it was. or was just tired. That's another thing you can't tell me. I think uh, I forget who it was that brought up the uh, the study by the Boston College uh, people. Might have been uh, might have been Joe Galina, and that the older umpires actually make more mistakes than the younger umpires. Yeah, and I wonder for sure. if that's I wonder if that's because they're tired. They're just tired behind the plate and they want to get out of there. You know, everything's a strike all of a sudden. I. I I, in, the, in the Yankee game last night, the, umpire, the home plate umpire was awful for both teams. Calling for balls three, four inches off the plate constantly, both ways. It's like, it's just, yeah. this has to go. I'm not uh, Joe Weed or like, a, you know, a, a pillar of health or anything, but a lot of these guys make me look like a marathon runner, too. Like, some of these guys are pretty big, big guts, you know what I mean? Like, they've been, uh, they don't live the healthiest lifestyles, too. Lots of meat and potato guys out there, George. And think about this. 
This is the crazy thing. This is happening now. We haven't ha- even hit the heat yet. What's going to happen on those 100-degree days where they're sitting there just sweating, going wild? Oh, God, get me out of here. This is, I guess because it's, it's cold, it's going to be like this. But when it's hot, it's going to be just as bad when these huge, huge dudes are, like, sitting behind there just sweating through three shirts. It's not going to be cool, buddy. It's going to be probably worse. Uh, that's a great point. Didn't even think about that. You're right. The, ump- the, the umpire's going to get worse as it goes along, not better. You know, I mean, it's a shame we're bitching about this every time. I know the NHL wants to be bitching about the officials. But, but it, no, but it's crazy. It's crazy. Like it's, It shouldn't be part of sport. It really should not. Exactly. Every football, we know what happened in New Orleans. I mean, it just, it's every sport we have problems with the officiating. Uh, maybe it's always been terrible. It's just more we, we see it more now because of the high def and all that. But, yep. man, it's getting a little ridiculous. It is getting ridiculous. Yeah, there's a lot of controversy in the hockey games last night, too. We can talk to George about that. He is a referee. I'm going to get his take on uh, a goal or no goal. It didn't really matter. It was a goal. I'm Cam Stewart. He's George Kurtz. Weekend Fantasy Update. More sports talk coming up after the break. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Boy, the first round of the 2019 NFL Draft, Thursday, April 25th, and for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start prepping for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math base, seasonal projections, and rankings anywhere on the internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge of regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with the promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with the promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 Fantasy Football Package only at rotoexperts.com. I'm Cam Stewart. He's George Kurtz. Weekend Fantasy Update. And George, the draft right around the corner, buddy. Our, one of our favorite times of the year. It's be brilliant. We got playoffs and all the sports. And on Thursday, we got the NFL Draft Party Time. Absolutely. Looking forward to the uh, the first round on Friday, second uh, first round Thursday, second third round on Friday, and the rest of the draft on Saturday. Uh, it's always a, a good night. It'll be it'll be intriguing how that works out. I'm still, I I I think the Cardinals are taking uh, Kyler Murray. Be shocked if they don't. So the big question is, where yeah. does Rosen go? Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting just the stories with Rosen. Like, not really stories. We've been following this for a long time, but getting more frustrated. You know, he's saying, like, this is uh, just a, a process. Like, he's very, very, very kind of down right now. And we thought, uh, I know they probably fielded some offers for Rosen. The Cardinals saying all the right things. We're going to keep him. But, yeah, they get they get Murray. Rosen's done. And I can tell you one thing. For a guy that didn't really have a chance last year, it was unproven. But a horrible offensive line, bad team, bad everything. I think Rosen, as the season progressed, he made some nice throws, and we really don't know who we have with Josh Rosen. He's a first-round pick for a reason. They moved up to get him. A lot of people, NFL people, thought, hey, he's one of the, like, 
readiest guys there out of the guys. They tell, called Allen a little bit raw. I think they said Darnold and him were like the, the guys that they're looking at, like ready to rock right now, where as Mayfield and Allen would be more projects who would get better over time. But uh, I, I believe in Josh Rosen. And uh, we did that story a long time ago with the Patriots sniffing around and Brady getting older. Uh, if I was a team, I'd be really, really interested. There's a lot of teams that need a quarterback there, George. There are. I mean, uh, this kid was a first-round pick, right? Tenth overall last year. They so moved I'm up surprised. to get him. Yeah. <laughs> they, and, right? and, but that's also half the problem because now they want to get that price back. Yeah. You know, they, want to, they want to get, you know, they want a first-round pick probably more, and that's not going to happen. So, you know, Murray goes one. I said, uh, the Jets, we know they want to trade out of three. Jets have made no bones about that, that they want to trade down from three. So, uh, you know, does somebody now go up there to, to get another quarterback? Is there a quarterback worth grabbing at three? Or is that Why worth, would the Jets uh, do that? Sorry to interrupt. Why would the Jets, like, that's, that's just stupid, in my opinion. You don't tell people anything. Like, oh, yeah, we want to move down, stockpile. Like, no, I thought the whole part of the draft was to lie, to cheat, to basically, you know, not to show your cards before anything. Now, now teams are going to know they're probably going to offer you a, a lesser package if they think we're going to do this anyway. I, I don't think that's very good business. I would agree, but I think it was for the Jets, they gave three number twos last year to move up against yeah. Sam Donald, and, and that worked out for them, yeah. by the way. Sam Donald looks like it a did. franchise quarterback. So he I does. think their idea here is they'd like to recoup some of that uh, compensation to get that back. Uh, listen, if I'm a Jets, it's plain simple. If the offer's good enough, sure. You know, if, uh, let's just say if Washington goes up to me, yeah, we'll give you a, the, our one this year and our one next year to get you three and you get our, our 15, fine. But I'm not just selling the number three overall pick to the highest bidder if I don't like the offers. You know, I'm not doing something crazy like that. But uh, if I'm a Jets, it's plain, it's plain and simple. If you can't get the offer, assuming Kyler Murray goes one and Bosa goes two, then I'm taking probably Quentin Williams at three. I'll take the next best defensive end there. You need a pass rusher there for the Jets. It would work out well. And he's a, I think he'll be a fantastic player. So I think the Jets are in sort of, in some ways, a no-lose situation here. Once again, it depends on how the Jets evaluate the players. Maybe they don't like them. Maybe they, don't, maybe they don't like you as much as I do, you know, so it could be that. And that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm no expert at this. And then again, neither is anybody else in the NFL. Uh, so, hey, fine. You got, you got to go with your evaluation. That's the bottom line here. But I agree with you. The fact that they've already come out and said that everybody knows the Jets want to move down from three. That is somewhat surprising. For, yeah, another another uh, story yesterday I found hilarious. Uh, the Raiders story there, George. You can read that one there. It's like, oh, wow, oh, we got God. so many scouts here. Uh, why is it? What was? Did one of them have a camera? Was he from New England? Uh, what the hell's going on? That's the best. The Raiders have so much turnover that uh, they they don't know who their scouts are, so they're sending everybody home. These guys got four picks. I found that very very interesting. Uh, kind of a weird story. It seems almost like a paranoid story, but this is a team that really needs to make good with uh, the picks because they have a lot of work to do and a lot of holes to. Yeah, it was strange. They sent all their scouts home, of course, because apparently they don't trust them. And yeah, they don't want any leaks coming out. I mean, <laughs> I know, what? I so yeah. they work for the organization. Like, what right. the hell's going on here? That's like uh, you know, Cardano not trusting. You know, he knows he has a leak somewhere, so he sends Gabe home, you home, me home, Mike blew at home, yeah, Drew. Everybody right, goes right, home yeah. because I don't. Bring there's somebody the here I don't trust. Right? I mean, it's just weird. <laughs> It just weird. weird that this happened here. So uh, it's the Raiders at this point. I mean, that's just what you do. Okay, Raiders, what, what are you going to do? Uh, so, yeah, they sent all the scouts home, and they told them pretty much don't show up until after the draft. And now I'm here, and they're all going to be fired anyway. So uh, that's fantastic. Uh, but anyway, like I say, it's, just, it's just more subplotting. The, I'd say the NFL draft is its own reality show. You don't know what's going to happen. You really don't. No one does. And we have, uh, I think Kyler Murray is going one, but I'm not positive. There were some strange trades. We've seen every year that teams will trade up to grab a quarterback. I believe it's nine of the last ten drafts now that someone has traded up for a quarterback in the first round. So I expect this to happen again. I see no reason why it won't. Someone will believe 
whether it's Locke or whatever it might be, they're going to trade up to grab him. Uh, Murray, I think, is going number one. Unless the, the Cardinals really do like Rosen, then they'll trade out of number one to, to a team that does want Murray at number one. You know, but I think, once again, I think Murray's going number one to the Cardinals, Kling, uh, Klingberg. It just makes too much sense to me. Yeah, they, the thing about Cliff Kingsbury is he was high on Murray even, like, he's a guy, like, recruited him before college. Like, this isn't just some guy going, wow, I really like Kyler Murray, and he played great for Oklahoma. Like, this is a guy that's been linked to him for years, even before his, like, collegiate career. He knew about him, so he knows the whole body of work for Kyler Murray. I'm going to throw out something interesting. I was just thinking with all the picks that the Raiders have, uh, I know they've said all the right things with Carr, but they're a team uh, with all the picks. What do you think about? Uh, we talked about New England and Rosen. I think the I think the Raiders are going to be sniffing around for Rosen. Uh, UCLA guy. He played, uh, you know, in California. I know the team is eventually moving to Vegas. He likes, uh, you know, the West Coast. He already got drafted by Arizona. Very familiar with there with his college days and uh, you know the Pac-12 around that area. And Oakland has the ability and picks to do something. And uh, they could say what they want about Carr, but I think they're probably sniffing around Georgia. When you have ammunition in the gun, they can do something about it. They have tons and tons of picks. I think uh, they're probably going to give the old uh, Cardinals a call on the blower and say, hey, guys, uh, what's up uh, there with your quarterback uh, with, uh, with with Rosen here? I think the Raiders are going to be sniffing around. What do you think? Uh, I'm probably not as confident as you. Certainly they're not going to trade the number four pick for Rosen, but they do have no. two other picks. Correct. right? They got 24 and 27. Uh, could I see them making a move there or even the top pick in the second round? Yeah. yeah which would be, what, 36. So sure, I think they. I don't think they believe in Carr. I think that's all. Once again, what are you going to do? Hey, buddy, you, we we hate you. Yeah, we don't. Not, <laughs> yeah, of course you're not going to say that. I mean, we know Gruden. You yeah. know, everybody, everybody's great, but I think they'd be silly not to look at these quarterbacks, right? Especially if Gruden, who we, is it was a quarterback guru, or is he expected to be a quarterback guru, right? If he if he really likes one, you know, if he really likes Locke or one of these other quarterbacks, he really likes these guys. That doesn't he have to take them? Don't you have to in today's NFL if you truly believe? That's why I think, uh, once again, Cardinals would go Kingberry. If he truly believes in Murray, he has to take him. The Cardinals have to take him. The quarterback, quarterback-driven league, you have no choice here. Same thing with Gruden. You know, if he truly believes in one of these other quarterbacks and not Carr, that this quarterback's going to be better than Carr, then he has to take him. I don't think you have a choice there. But I don't think it'll be at four. If he likes Rosen, hey, you won't need to trade four for Rosen. They're not, they're not getting those kind of offers. But he might need to beat 15, Washington. Yeah, I don't think Denver at 10 is going to trade 10 for Rosen, but Washington at 15 could do it. So that's where it becomes interesting, you know, because if yeah, Washington does, Good call. Washington and... I don't think they've over 15. Yeah. I don't think they've over 15 yet, but that's where, that, that's, where the game, that's where the game comes in. Because once again, if you've got to get ahead of Washington at 15, well, what are you doing then? What about you the know? Bengals? They're another mixed-up organization, right? But uh, I mean, I think you and I agree they need a quarterback, but I don't know if they do. You know, they're number 11. So, I th- once again, I think they should. I think they absolutely should take a quarterback. I think Dalton, you know, even on his best days is average. You know, and, he, and his best days are well behind I him. Agree. I agree. I, I the think problem, they need to groom somebody. With the new NFL, it's been proven. You have to be, like, you know, like a semi-athlete. Guys like Eli Manning back there, it doesn't matter, you know, and, and I know we, these stories just keep on coming. Oh, he can make the throws. He's our guy. Have you seen the game tape? Like, I get it, players. You're trying to, like, boost the guy up. You have to have some ability to run away. In today's NFL, The way that's the way the game is played. You look at all the quarterbacks. Russell Wilson, yeah, his career is saved because he, of his escapability. You can't just sit in the pocket and be that guy anymore. Even Tom Brady, for a guy that's not fleet of foot, he, he's managed that electric slide move, you know, the slide, the good foot shuffle. He can't 
run. God, he's horrible. Philip Rivers the same way. You know what I mean? But these guys have mastered their moves. It's kind of like a, a slow dance in the pocket where they can lean one way and do something. Andy Dalton hasn't seemed to figure that out. Like he's got a pretty good arm and he wasn't a bad athlete at TCU, but it's almost like the game has passed him by. And uh, I, I, I think Rosen would be a, a complete upgrade. He's, he's a young guy and the Bengals have to do something too. It's just one of those organizations you've been doing this for so long. It's kind of like, okay, this way hasn't worked. We're going nowhere. Let's do something new. Let's start fresh. Like that's an organization that needs a, you know, a, a cleaning. You know what I'm saying there, George? They need to just throw out all, all the old parts and bring in a new. Once again, I don't disagree with you. I don't. I think you're on. I think you're onto something here. I don't think it's going to happen, mind you. No. But I think you're onto something. I mean, uh, Cincinnati's been, you know, even when they were decent. They couldn't win a playoff game when they were uh, Lewis, right, and Dalt. It, 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 they never got it done here. I completely agree with your point that today's quarterback, I don't know if a Troy Aikman could survive in today's game. No. Yeah, where, uh, a seven-step drop. Right? You need to be able to move. And Troy could move a little bit, but not probably not enough. He was more of that statue quarterback. You, you knew where he was going to be. And that kind of quarterback would get crushed. Right? Uh, these, these teams are just T.O. You, you don't need to be Michael Vick or Kyler Murray, but it helps. You don't need to be Lamar Jackson. But it helps be able to move, you know, just to be able to avoid the pocket and buy an extra second or two. And once again, not get crushed all the time. So I agree with you. I think the quarterback, I think the, uh, the prototypical quarterback now is not a Troy Aikman type. I think it's more no, it's closer different. to Steve Young, probably. A guy who can uh, you know, throw Good the call. ball and run. Hard, I'm talking, Excellent. I'm not, I'm Excellent not example. Steve, Steve Young's a Hall of Fame, but you need to be somebody yeah. like that. Somebody but who like take that. a hit, exactly. take a hit, throw the ball, and run. I mean, and it's tough to find. That's why everybody's always searching for one. Yeah, I, 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 I just think, like, it's just that organization, you've been trying for years, nothing's working, you just got to go and, and do something there. I'm just, I, I just find it interesting, because Josh Rosen, with all this, these things that are going on, he's going to have a real chip on his shoulder, and that's the type of guy I want on my team now. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to have a lot to prove. If they end up going to get Murray and say, see ya, you know, he drafted you in the first round, that's, that's something you can live with for the rest of your life to motivate you. These guys didn't want me. They picked him. Well, I'm going to prove them wrong. Whatever team picks me, you know what I mean? I'm going to bust my ass to make them a better team. I think there's a lot of upside with him and we didn't eat, and I thought I saw some uh, positive things on a very very bad team. I want to ask your opinion, George. Another story. I don't usually do futures at the start of the year uh i was really down on jacksonville last year and i continue i really don't like what i saw from uh Mer, uh from ramsey talking about this i know they're involuntary workouts but really are they and um you know tom coughlin already is kind of getting in the face of some of these guys and i think the jaguars have a bad mix of bad attitude and tom coughlin was an old school guy he kind of broke that mold with the giants you know loosened up a bit but he still has that military strict background I think he's getting sick and tired of the inmates running the asylum there with the Jaguars. Uh, he seems pretty pissed off, and this is a team I think is going to be uh, really, really bad and regress with Foles uh, next year. What's your take on this whole situation with the workouts and all this, George? Well, I mean, uh, they're voluntary workouts. They are. Coughlin would like to make them involuntary. He'd like Correct. to get the guys in there no matter what. <laughs> they are voluntary yeah. workouts, so it's uh, – listen – I think you show up for them. You know, I think it's how you build a team. You know, where you, you come up to this, you're making the money, you go you go work out with your team members. I'd want to. That's just me. Yeah, don't you so, want to see uh, the guys and, like, exactly. get off to a good start? Like, it just sets a bad precedent where you're like, yeah, whatever. That's not cool with me. But I think Jacksonville, you know, they say one thing, then do another. You know, after they uh, did this, you know, once again, they were all pissed off that Ramsey and Telvin Smith, those are the two guys who didn't show up. All pissed off that those guys didn't show up. But then again, you know, last week you announced, oh, we're not going to penalize, uh, we're not going to punish Leonard Fournette 
for uh, being arrested. And, you know, the, 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 so what are you saying now? You see, so you say you want these guys to show up, but you're not going to punish them. You know, you, you, you're letting the inmates run the asylum. Well, aren't you letting the inmates run the asylum again by not punishing Fournette? Or do you, there's just no punishments left to give them. They already took away some guaranteed money. I know that's an arbitration, right? That he's a. Uh, when he appealed that because they took away uh, part of his guaranteed money because of what happened last year. and just, But just let him get away with this now. I mean, what, what are you doing here? You seem to be saying one thing, doing another here. I said, it's the player's right, so I, I'm not going to get on Ramsey and Telvin Smith. It is their right under the CBA not to show up to these things. These things are voluntary. But when I don't know how many players are in camp, 60, 75, when 73 of them are there and there's two that's not, exactly. it makes you look bad. I just think it's a bad look. You're bringing in a new quarterback from another team who won a Super Bowl. You got Leonard Fournette not paying tickets, and you know what I mean. Like this guy's a complete train wreck. Uh, starting fights in Buffalo. You got Ramsey who's always shooting off. He gives every quarterback in the league a grade. Like it's just they got a lot of guys on Jacksonville that are just kind of you know what I mean. Like absolute. I hate to say it, Ramsey's a good player and he backs it up, but it's it's clown behavior. Like you can't have that type of stuff. And Tom Coughlin seems like the type of guy that would want to get rid of that stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if. Uh, you know, the Jaguars tried to ship Leonard Fournette, but, you know, they they, they have to do something in that locker room because I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. I agree. I, I think they should have already tried to move Fournette, but I imagine once again they want value and the best they're going to get is a fourth, fifth round pick. You know, yeah. Because no team realizes, oh, hey, they realize Jackson wants to move and they realize, you want me to take on this headache? Yeah, you know. that's the thing, right? Now for a guy who's always hurt, too, doesn't stay healthy for 16 games. Yeah, he was hurt in college all the time, Like let alone let alone the pros. Like, yeah, it's just – I'm telling you, George, they're a team I think I'm going to be fading a lot this year. Like, uh, Jacksonville's this team, I think they were very, very close, but I'm very I'm, – I'm shocked, actually, at the moves that they've made to – I don't think they're getting any better. Everything they do, I'm like, wow, that's bad. Like, you're getting worse. Like, remember, these guys were a couple – like, one play away from beating New England that game and going to the damn Super Bowl. To me, they don't even seem like a, you know, a six, seven win team right now. It's crazy how uh, quick things change in the National Football League. I'm with you there. I, I I don't think Nick Foles is anywhere near as good as he was the Eagles. I think once again he'll yeah, it was a system to like, blow out. Right, he'll it be was a perfect storm. Perfect and storm I'm, for him there. Yeah, I'm not a Foles believer, so uh, I can go with that too. I don't know what the uh, over under is on wins for Jacksonville. In which case, I think it's seven and a half or eight. I think it's it might be eight flat. If it's anything, uh, yeah. If it's eight, if, if it's it eight flat, half, I'm going under. If it was, oh, I'm going under too. If it was seven, like seven and a half, I still still think I'm going under. I don't think they win eight games this year. No way. That's also a tough I, division. It is a very tough division. What are they doing to get better? I don't see a lot. Like that's... No, I, th- I think they have issues. and I, I think Coughlin's trying to call, call you know, you know, I guess uh, get get in front of those issues by uh, being more disciplinary, which is kind of funny with Coughlin. That's what he was known for with the Giants, right? Being a yeah. disciplinarian. I think he's trying to do the same thing here, but it may be a little too late. Yeah, it, it might be too late. They got a lot of problems on that team. Stick around, everybody. We still got uh, the go through the lineups, the betting lines today. Baseball is going to get started about 1 o'clock Eastern. We got playoff hockey and a hell of a lot more, too. It's the Weekend Fantasy Update with Cam Stewart and my buddy George Kurtz. Stick around, guys. And, uh, yeah, we got some picks for you coming up next.